Civil danger warning. A disaster of unknown type has occurred. Normal programming has been suspended. Gary. Gary, have you got the glove? This is not a test. Okay, let's get going. This is Free Yorkshire Radio. Hello and welcome to Free Yorkshire Radio. On the way to work, Gary found a rusty old gauntlet that has a nice purple stone in it, and he's heard that it could help power our show. Okay, Gary, put the glove on. And yes. Oh, wow, yes. Now we're talking. We definitely should have enough power for the show. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip, and we'll be bringing you all the latest government-approved news and stories from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation-states that, several decades ago, emerged from the troubled era that was early 21st century Britain. In this episode, we visit Yorkshire's oldest zoo in Skelmanthorpe and learn all about how they maintain one of our finest tourist attractions. And, whilst we were in Skelmanthorpe, we visited the local hospital to find out about a radical new swamp mongrel therapy treatment that they've been trialling there. But first, here are the latest updates on government guidelines for where, and for where it is not, safe to travel. Obviously, anyone entering Lancashire is automatically assigned as a traitor, an enemy of the people, and a reet daft guff, who will be incinerated on sight. However, this fate can now be avoided if you return with the severed heads of at least three adult Lancastrians. The giant armband that has been inflated around Cornwall is estimated to prevent it from falling into the sea for at least another six months, and it has now been deemed a safe holiday destination for this summer. But the guidance is, pack light if you can. The fatberg that was blocking the gateway in Hadrian's Wall has finally been cleared and Scotland is now accessible again. The government merely asks that, whilst visiting Scotland, you should not subsist on the traditional diet of iron brew and deep-fried pizza, as this caused leakages in returning travellers that led to the formation of the fatberg in the first place. And finally, due to the heresy of their religious cant, you can't go to Kent. The rules on this will not be bent even during Lent. So you just can't go to Kent. Even if you have kin in Kent, we won't relent. Kent has been coned off. It's restricted, forbidden. This is sincerely meant. To a gulag you'll be sent, if to Kent you went. So cease your lament. You couldn't go to Kent, this we will prevent. So can it, your idea is demented. Your head must be dented, if you want to go Kentward. Anyway, why would you want to go to Kent? We're all a bunch of c- and now it's time to visit Skelmanthorpe Zoo. I met up with zoo owner Dean Azur, and this is what I discovered. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Okay, and I'm just climbing the last few steps up to manager Dean Azur's office, which is on the top corner of the zoo with a magnificent view over all the cages and pens with the various animals of Wakefield Zoo scurrying about in it and I'm just uh, knocking on the door now. Come in. Hello it's uh, Lloyd Becklesnip from Free Yorkshire Radio here. Uh, Delighted to meet you Mr Azur and thank you for inviting me to your marvellous zoo. Absolute pleasure. Any opportunity we get to let the people know exactly what we have here. It's always a joy. It's a very famous zoo here. You've been running for 
many decades now and you've managed to keep it open through some very difficult times. What do you think is the secret to running a zoo that people keep coming back to again and again? I say good security. A zoo without any animals or creatures is not a zoo at all. So we have managed to keep them. That is the key. The more creatures that we have, the more there is for people to see. Oh, is there a problem with animal theft amongst the zoos of Yorkshire? Yes. Theft, escaping, just general animal disappearance. Oh, so it's the animals themselves that are sometimes planning escapes? I mean, what kind of animals are the most adept at breaking out of a zoo? Oh, you think it's the big ones. It's the little ones. It's the stick insects, especially. They're vicious. Well, it must be quite tricky. I mean, once it's brown bin day, they can just tuck themselves under the lid and you'd be none the wiser. Oh, yes, you're right. But again, we've got a solution for that, is that we don't actually now throw away any rubbish whatsoever. Everything is recycled within the zoo. It's a small ecosystem. Ah, right. Oh, that's what that pungent aroma is. I thought it was just, well, what animals do, but there's even more of a meaty tang to the current aroma. Yes, you'll get used to it. I mean, I've grown fond of it. Oh, well, I did notice there was Eau de Zoo perfume on sale for the gift shop. Is that this musk? Absolutely, yes. Always have a good gift shop to keep the visitors here. Good gift shop and intriguing gifts you can't wait to give to your friends. So the perfume is something that is new for this season, yes. I think Eau de Zoo might be a nice little Christmas surprise for some of my friends this year. And so you have many working exhibits, many animals to tend. Are you going to give me a little tour of the zoo now? Maybe we can meet some of the fine staff that you employ at this institution. Oh, yes, yes. There's a particular chap I'd love you to meet. He is very good at moving the old dung, if you know what I mean. Ah, uh, right. Does he specialise in any particular one, or is he just across the board? Just across the board. When there's poo, he's there. OK, let's go and meet this fascinating fellow. And so now I am outside the Swamp Mongol cages. I can hear them chattering away as they try to bite through the bars, each other and their handlers. And is this where the staff member is currently working? Yes, that's right. Terry? Yes, boss? We've got a visitor. Oh, my God, he just emerged from that pile as if he was camouflaged amongst the swamp mongrels. That's quite amazing. It's for the best. If you don't camouflage you, then they'll spot you. And once they've spotted you, that's it. They'll have you. Yeah, yeah. I've lost many a friend to the swamp mongrels. It's impressive that you still choose to work with them. I salute your dedication. It's about love for nature Mm -hmm. and the lack of employment elsewhere. Well, you certainly seem to love the nature on your body. You're smeared in your work. It's part of the camouflage, yes. If you smear yourself in the excrement of the particular animals you're clearing out, then they just think that you are a lump of poo and they'll ignore you and then you can walk amongst them like a ghost. So do you have to continually wash and reapply different animal poo as you go from cage to cage? Only half of that. There's no washing. It's just reapplying and reapplying. One layer goes on top of the other, and soon they just think you're nature. So you're not actually eight feet tall. This is just years of layering. Years of layering, thickness, just piles upon piles. And the fact that I couldn't change my clothes even if I wanted to now. 
it's just encrusted on and fastened up all the zips, the buttons. It's all welded in. Wow, Dean, this must be your most, well, I'd say treasured employee, treasured from a distance, I would guess, but he must be one of your most loyal employees. Oh, yes, yes. We would not be where we are without Terry. I mean, unfortunately, we have lost some staff members, but Terry has worked through the pain and worked through everything. And, well, if truth be told, he is actually one of the only staff members that we actually have left. It's me, Terry, and and somebody that comes in and does the gift shop. I need to tell you something about that, Dean. I need to tell you about Meryl. She's copped it as well, I'm afraid. What? No. She went too close to the pigeon enclosure. I've, I've, I've told Meryl, stay in the gift shop because people will be in wanting the aftershave. And what does she do? She ventured out for a breath of fresh air and the pigeons they had her. Oh, I, I, I think I'll, I think I need a moment. Are pigeons birds of prey now? Ever since people stopped feeding them bread on the grounds that they needed to eat the bread themselves in whatever state it was in, pigeons have not been fed by humans for nearly two decades now. And they've learned what options they can take away. And that does include zoo staff. And they've got quite a taste for it. I now feel that I would be very vulnerable, but for the protection that I've put upon myself. Well, of course, it's going to increase my workload even more, because now, presumably, boss, you want me to work in the gift store. Oh, well, I mean, I would work in the gift store, I suppose. I mean, you know I like doing my research in the office. Um, Oh, I will probably need you in there as well. Right, yes, I can work in the gift shop and try and sell products to people. Well, you know, Dean is the manager. We all know managers do managing stuff. It's very important and it takes up a lot of the time. I mean, he's got a work rota to organise every week. Obviously, it's just going to be your name on every shift, on every location, but it's still Dean's job to organise that. That's no mean task. Yeah, he's got to work out when I perhaps get a day off. Oh, oh, yes, yes, you will... Definitely be getting a day off, of course. I will make sure of that. I haven't had a day off now for nearly 260 days. Has it been that long? He did keep asking me, could I do another day, do another day, and then I just gave up asking for a day off. It seems almost criminal to break a streak like that. Surely you don't want to ruin your good run, Terry. You've got to hit 300 at least. I did have a couple of errands that I wanted to run, and I mean, they've kind of lapsed a bit now, but uh, doctor's appointments that I've not made. And I've got a library book that I need to take back. Can't you train some of the ferrets to run errands for you? You should learn from Dean about delegating. He's a manager, he delegates. You seem to take on all the work yourself. You've got a whole zoo full of potential helpers here. No, I'm not management material, so I don't know if I could manage the ferrets or the other animals to do tasks for me. I don't know if I've got that capability. Well, you know, Terry, if you work hard enough, one day, you never know, you may get a promotion. Right. So all I have to do is work harder and I could get a promotion. Well, uh, and when I get the promotion, will I work less or will I work more? You'll get a new job title. You won't just be a shit clearer. You'll be the vice president of the shit-clearing department. Come on, that's got to be worth another 50 hours overtime a week. Oh, okay. Yes, I'll try and squeeze those in. We can do for you, Terry, is move your accommodation into the gift shop, if that makes it any easier for you. 
Well, it's certainly better than the swamp mongrel hut where I currently reside, dodging their feral attacks. Well, there you go, Terry. You see, things are looking up already. Well, Dean, you're really impressing me with your management skills here. I mean, Terry, talk about perks to the job. I can't believe you're asking for a day off from somewhere that must be such a joy to work in, because you're so well managed. Well, yes, sometimes I do feel like I ask for a little bit too much, and I do apologise for that. I, I don't suppose I could have a morning off which would allow me to move my stuff from the mongrel hut into the gift shop. Oh, uh, we are tight, Terry. I, I can't just start giving you time off willy-nilly. Oh, right. Well, maybe I can just squeeze it in on my ten-minute break. Yeah, I mean, you can do it in your loo break if you want. I'll allow that. So instead of going to the toilet, I can move an item. Yes. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. What a fascinating visit that was. And we'll be back with Dean and Terry to find out more about the zoo later in the programme. But now it's time to nip over to Skelmanthorpe Hospital to learn about a radical new swamp mongrel therapy treatment that's been pioneered by animal empath Hilda Bentrum. And so I'm just entering the ward now in Skelmanthorpe Hospital. It's a very, very busy day on the ward here and I can see someone in the far corner. Is that Hilda? 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 Oh, Lloyd! Hello. Welcome onto the show. Delighted that you've taken the time to take us on your daily tour of the wards. Now, before we get going, now I see you've got quite a number of delightful looking swamp mongrels with you. Is there any warnings I need to be aware of before going around with this number of swamp mongrels? Yeah, so as you can see, I've got six on leads with me and two that are not on leads today. I would say keep your hands out of the way, but not in your pockets. There have been some unfortunate incidents when the strong mongols have thought that people were going to get a treat out of their pocket don't want that again that was quite the lawsuit and yeah just if anyone gets overexcited, if there's a fracas or whatever the most important thing is to avert your gaze but apart from that it'll be lovely well i noticed six are on leads but two are running free so are they your best behaved swamp mongrels oh yes absolutely they are just the biggest characters one has ever worked with and they really just don't need any restraint well i can see that one of the ones off the leash is chewing its way through a table leg there or it's gone I mean, it's a bit of a mess, but you can see that he's a real charmer. He's splashing around in it. Yeah, the important thing is that his destruction is only aimed at inanimate objects. So as long as it's wooden legs that he's chewing on, then we're okay. Wooden legs. So we don't want to keep your patients waiting. Shall we begin the tour? Yes, of course. So the first ward that we're going on to is the ladies' ward, as you can see. Now, the swamp mongols are just such perfect little companions for our lovely patients here. It just lights up the ladies' faces. Obviously, we've got the shortage of lipstick Mm -hmm. and makeup is obviously rationed still. So it's a positively brilliant time to bring swamp mongrels in for a fuss and a good lick of the face from the swamp mongrels. Cheers, anyone else. Well, yes, and I can see that some of the ones in the leads there are... Well, they're licking up some of the seeping wounds. So obviously that's cleansing. But then licking the face which kind of gives them it looks a bit like lipstick actually yeah we've really narrowed down the breeding of the swamp mongrels to have the different shades of rouge in their saliva these days 
Oh, right. So the blood mixes with their saliva to form a lipsticky base. That's, that's amazing what they can do. It gels it on. It, it makes it stick. It's lovely. It's a permanent lacquer, is it? Semi-permanent. Okay. In fact, I do have the trolley of sundries for sale here. And you will see we do sell the remover if people are unappreciative. That's a very smart business model, I must say. Obviously, you've been in this job for quite a while, Hilda. So what was it about using swamp mongrels as therapy, which is obviously the acronym SWAT? You're a swatter, as we like to say. So what was it that inspired you to pursue this path? I just love their little faces. And I just thought, what could we do with those little faces that would delight not just me? I wanted to share the happiness that I find in being slobbered all over by a swamp mongrel. When they bear those rows of razor-sharp teeth, there's no brighter smile in nature. And as long as they don't have the guts and entrails of another animal hanging out of them, it's quite the winning smile, isn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. And we do do a thorough, thorough clean-up every single time, you can be assured. Flossing a, a swamp mongrel, that sounds like a challenge. Is that something that the new employees get lumbered with? Yes, we find that's best for the apprentices. Mm-hmm. For obvious reasons, really. It's not too much of a loss if we do lose a few fingers to apprentices. But the ones that have managed to stay are quite quick learners. Yes, well, it's going to sort the wee from the chaff, definitely. Of course, it reduces the feed bill. We're all about getting the most out of our health service in the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire. So I'm glad to see that you're cutting corners, so to speak. And we're coming through to the next ward. We've got the antenatal ward. So did the squealing and mewling of the babies ever kind of set the swamp mongols off as well? They are a very loving, caring creature. You wouldn't believe how nurturing swamp mongols feel towards their young and to quite a lot of other people's young. They're terribly misunderstood species. Well, you're leading a campaign to rehabilitate the image of Yorkshire's national animal and we're very proud of our swamp mongrels and we delight in them but they are seen as a symbol of the ferocity and the determination and relentless violence of the republic of yorkshire you know we will broach no invasion of our territory and we will give our enemies no quarter just like the swamp mongrel would do but you have a different take on the swamp mongrel you've actually created a campaign and an ad and a poster featuring you and your favourite swamp mongrels. Maybe you'd like to tell us a bit about that. Well, you see, like, the thing is that they're only ever vicious when they want something. And it's just a question of knowing what they want. So, as you can see, I've got a poster here and a flyer. So let me tell you about Sydney, the swamp mongrel in the picture with me. He's a very, very special swamp mongrel to be The first one that I bred successfully and that wasn't eaten by his own parents. Wow. He just had that little twinkle in his eye when he talks to me, and I'm just thoroughly enthused by his very, very gentle, kind nature. Yes, of course, he's killed a few sheep, he's killed a few cattle, he's maimed a few people's fingers, but the important thing is, as I say, to understand why. And it's only ever when he's hungry or when he's bored. Mm -hmm. So my campaign is simply this. We just have to make sure that all swamp mongrels are well fed, well cared for and have an excellent extracurricular activities programme to keep them nice and entertained. And then they're as docile as little mice. Yes, well, that's the tagline. Keep them fed, keep it fun, then your fingers won't get done. Yeah. It's all about keeping your fingers safe. So it's the three F's, fed, fun and fingers. 
So we've got one more ward to go into, going into the broken limbs ward. So we've got people up in casters, legs, arms, backs, necks, all sorts. What is it about the broken limbs ward that the swamp mongrels can particularly help with? This is where you will see their excellent dexterity put into good use because they are the most excellent physical therapists. Quite, quite a versatile animal. But here we can observe the different ways that we can put them to use. Okay, well, yes, you're touching on your quite controversial theory that broken bones don't need rest to repair. They need use Absolutely. The strongest way to get stronger is to use your broken limbs. Absolutely. I can't tell you how frustrated I get by seeing all... Look at them. Look at all these patients here today. Until I came along, they were on bed rest with elevated limbs in cuffs. Mm. Now, let me ask you, Lloyd, how many joints is a good number of joints to have in one's leg? Uh, Two, I would have thought. One at the knee and one at the hip. No. No, the more the better. I can assure you, more is always better. And the more joints you have in your leg, the better. And the Swamp Mongols can absolutely aid in the mobility of making sure that all of the breaks stay nice and broken and heal over nicely to become extra joints for extra flexibility. It's why Yorkshire is bleeding teams in gymnastics. Yes, they can just bend and fold like no other team. It's like human origami. It's beautiful to watch as long as you mute it because this constant screaming does tend to take away from it slightly. So yes, I noticed that you've unleashed all the swamp mongols now. They've chewed through the supporting strats so all the limbs are down now and they're just chasing all the patients around the ward. It's quite the sight. Isn't it such a beautiful thing to see? You see that I've taped down with some hazard tape a running track. Okay. We can really encourage the movement. And I squared off the corners because there's nothing worse than a smooth passage from one direction to another for your jointed limbs. Yes, you've set up the running tracks by each exit. So even as they think they're just about to get to safety, they're kind of on this eternal mission to escape the swamp mongrels. If that doesn't heal their legs, I don't know what will. It's, it's a pleasure to see such a medical genius at work. Thank you very much. If you wouldn't mind telling that to the medical directors of the hospital, that would be much appreciated. Oh, well, yes, no, I can see security gathering around us now. You are an official employee of this hospital, Hilda. I am official employee of the SWAT team, yes. Now, if you wouldn't mind, just we'll just move on now. But are the SWAT team employed by Skelmanthorpe Hospital? Are we meant to be here? These security teams seem to be brandishing quite a few cattle prods. You've got the official SWAT badge around your lanyard, yes? Yes, but it's got no mention of Skelmanthorpe Hospital on it at all. But your official SWAT, SWAT visitor, it's fine, it's fine. Now, now, I really must insist, we really are done in this ward and we need to move on. Yes, the Swamp Mongols have, have formed a protective cordon round us and they, they seem to be getting us through the security team. But they are ushering us towards the exit. I, th- I think this might be the end of our tour, Hilda. Thank you very much for showing us around Skelmanthorpe Hospital. I hope these Swamp Mongols can get me out of here alive. Thank you, Lloyd. You haven't got all cutters, have you? Weirdly, I do. Yo, what's up? You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Well, some large purple dude has shown up claiming that the rusty glove belongs to him. But if Gary can just dodge his attacks for a few more minutes, then I think we'll have just enough time to return to Skelmanthorpe Zoo. I asked owner Dean Azur if after the demise of Merrill, he thought that the pigeons would attack again. 
I mean, they, they, they did get Meryl, but, you know, that could have satiated them. Well, let's remember that I am covered in nature to hide myself. And if any of that dries out, you've got bucket loads of eau de zoo to reapply your aroma. And it makes quite a tasty cocktail as well, mixed with a bit of ferret juice, as long as you carbonate it. Just so happened that's what we served at the Christmas party. Ooh, I bet you that got a bit tasty. <laughs> there was only three of us, but we had a jolly good time, didn't we, Terry? Yes, it was very, uh, very special. Although I did miss quite a lot of it, because I had to hold the lights together. And we appreciated it, of course, Terry. Because they kept falling apart, didn't they? So I had to hold the wires together to physically make them all light up. But that was the other side of the zoo. Well, I'm sure the mild electric shock that you got for several hours whilst doing that really gave you that tingly Christmas feeling. Yeah, another perk of the job that you seem to maybe not be appreciating as much as you should. I, I appreciate it very much. And I did. I felt very magical and tingly. I was just making comment that I wasn't with Dean and Merrill because I was the other side of the park. But I hear and trust that it was a very enjoyable Christmas party. It was, Terry, yes. We had a lovely time and we appreciated it. And oh boy, will we miss Merrill. Is there any chance that we could retrieve what's left of Meryl from the pigeon cage in order to give her the burial that she so richly deserves? I think that would be the correct thing to do, yes. Have you got any buckets of pigeon poo that we can camouflage ourselves in, Terry, before we approach the enclosure? Yes, I do have some buckets of pigeon crap that we can all smear ourselves in. Obviously, I'm going to be wearing a sou'wester. I don't want to actually get it on my skin, but I'm happy to do my duty for my nation. There's every chance that if you don't let it absorb into the skin, the pigeons will detect you and they will kill you. I'll just have to take that chance. So, Dean, are you able to lead us to the enclosure? Yes, uh, follow me. Okay, and here we are by the pigeon enclosure. As you can hear, their squawks are quite deafening. Can you hear me above this, Terry and Dean? Uh, ju just about, yes. I've got, wow, they're really, really excited, aren't they? They're easily excitable at pigeons. They have sensed us. What, what, is the poo, what, what about the poo? Do I need to put more on? I would advise putting a good double layer on now, yes. Really... Really lather it on. I'm taking my sourster off and just... Oh, there's an old bath here. I'm just going to spin myself in it a few times. You just get there spinning in the bath. And Dean, I would suggest that you do exactly the same. Really get it into all the creases. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. As we enter the enclosure, are there any tips for how to approach a pigeon or how to avoid a pigeon? What's the technique? Well, I just trust to the protection that nature has given us or that we have given ourselves through nature and walk without fear. I think if there's anything that smells worse than faeces, it's fear. You know, animals will clock onto that and say, ooh, fear, they'll laser sight onto you. So we've got to get our strut on. Like you own the place. Well, it's funny because I do own the place, so that should be easy for me. Okay. Sorry, I was speaking from my own perspective. Obviously, I don't own any of this. I'm merely a worker, but I have to pretend that I own it. And my apologies in advance, sir, Mr. Azure. If I come across as arrogant in any way, 
as we are in the pigeon enclosure, it's just me adopting the character of someone who owns the place. Okay, we've got our strut on. We're marching through the centre of the enclosure. They're still squawking, but they're not squawking at us. That's the only thing I can say with any certainty as we approach a small pile of bones, the remnants of a knitted cardigan and a necklace that has only three pearls left on it. I believe this is all that's left of Meryl. And so, Dean, would you like to do the honours and gather up your former employee? I will. There we go, Meryl. We'll we'll give you a good send-off. You can see how they've targeted her. They've gone straight for the eyes first. You can see they've done that. The amount of pecking around the skull is is quite devastating. What must have happened? The only uh, real comfort we can take from this is that it would have been quick. If pigeons know how to do something, it is to take out their prey with a precision that no other creature has managed to master. Okay, yeah, I'm getting the feeling that we should exit this enclosure after that description. They have noticed us. They have. They are curious as to why we are picking up the bones. It makes no sense to them. They're not happy that you've got the bones, Dean. We need to start running. Oh, God. They're definitely definitely targeting Dean. They're they're angry that he's got the bones. Oh, is it? Oh, there he goes in the air. He's sweated all his poo off. This is awful to watch, but you can see how ferocious they are. Awful and weirdly majestic. We'd better get out of here, Lloyd. Come on. I think we've just managed to close the gate behind us. The enclosure is locked, but I think that was the problem. I have always been able to imagine that I own the zoo. And obviously, Mr. Azure there, as he actually owns the zoo, there was no imagination that he could really put into the situation. And the pigeons saw right through it. He was too casual. He was too casual. He was too himself. He didn't have any additional character. Oh, and the pigeons, they just... Well, I suppose at some point now I've got to go and collect his bones, but we'll let the pigeons finish. And then I guess I'll put Mr. Azure and, and Meryl together. That's very fitting, but there's a definite lesson for all our listeners out there about the dangers of being yourself. Don't be yourself. Be what the government wants you to be, and then you won't get pecked to death by carnivorous pigeons. This is Free Yorkshire Radio. And now the large purple dude has been attacked by a flying guy who seems to be doing a rather bad cosplay of the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz and a David Copperfield slash David Blaine knockoff looking magician in the very feisty cape. Gary, I really don't think it's worth getting mixed up in the middle of this lot. Yep, Pointy Beard has just opened a raft of sparkling portals that were unavoidably being sucked towards. So I guess that's the end of another show. Cheerio, and until next time, may all your brews be strong, may all your puddings be fettled, and may all your swamp mongols be radiation-free. Ta-ra! Communications have been severely disrupted. Make sure you have food, water, and a battery-powered radio with you. This is not a test. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, and this show featured Catherine Nock as Hilda Bentram, Anthony Barnish as Dean Azure, and James Carmichael as Terry. 
You can find out more about these wonderful improvisers in the episode notes. And you can follow this podcast on Facebook at Free Yorks Radio. We'll be back next month. But if you enjoyed this, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate and review. Thanks. Thank you.